What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Dairyland Talk, your one-stop shop for everything Packers, Brewers, Bucks, and Badgers. Today it's Brewers Talk, my name is Mike Wellen, joining me as always, Sam Brom. And Sam, you were just at Brewers on Deck last week, how was that? It was a great time, it was very busy, but there was a lot more room this year, which I loved, and it was just great to see all the fans and just see all the players, especially the prospects, and... It was just a great time, and I noticed a lot of things with this team, which most specifically with Christian Yelich. And behind that is, I knew he was like the star of this team now, MVP. I see all, all this on Twitter, but like now, just like seeing it in person was just crazy because I tried to get in line for him. People were signing up. Five, people were lining up five hours before his slot, which amazed me. When I saw him come out, fans were chasing him like he was Justin Bieber. But it was just—you can tell he's the star now, and that's one of the big things I noticed. But, anyways, just overall with Brewers on deck, it really got me pumped for the season. Well, that's great. Uh, I, I would—I'd recommend using a better reference like the Beatles more than Bieber, but that's neither here nor there. But I agree with you. The, I wasn't there, but just seeing the presence that Yelich has now after a year, and obviously with the second half he had getting to the MVP, it reminds me of when Braun came up, and Braun had, had his rookie of the year, and he kind of became the face of the team instantaneously. Yelich is doing a lot of the same things just via trade instead of via draft and brought up through the minor leagues, and this is his team now, and everyone knows it. I think he knows it, and it's it's a very cool thing to see for a guy like Yelich, and he, he got all of his trophies. He got the Hank Aaron Award, his Silver Slugger. You obviously the MVP plaque came through. There's some good pictures of him and Mookie Betts together from all the award ceremonies and stuff, and the stories about them ch- uh, people chasing the cab in New York to try and get a picture with Yelich or an autograph or whatever, and it just shows how that the Brewers are kind of now on the scene. They're a major player now, and, and it just kind of shows that last year, most people see it, it's not a fluke. It's now like 2011 or 2008. This team is here for the long haul. And that leads us into a lot more of the other big conversations that come with free agency and trades and stuff. And and we'll talk about more Brewers on deck a little bit later, uh, if we have some more time later on during this podcast as well. But the big news, we're recording this on Thursday night. The big news is the Brewers are still in play for a couple of very big-name pitchers. One in free agency, one via trade, and that's... Dallas Keuchel, uh, it sounds like it's almost down to the Brewers and the Braves with maybe the Astros still involved after a move that we'll talk about a little later as well. And the other one, it sounds like the Brewers are still in talks with Cleveland for Corey Kluber. So, Sam, I'll go to you. What's What are your thoughts on those two guys? Honestly, go, just comparing the two, of course, Kluber is better, but that's going to cost the most. They... It seems like he's not going to get traded unless the Dodgers or the Brewers go higher for make a better offer. And just I can't see that 
happening. I'm interested to see what the offer is at this point, but I can't see that right now. And I, it seems more realistically is Dallas Keuchel because just they've been connected to him. I've seen a lot of reports with it. Saw the report saying that they possibly gave him a three-year deal. I'm not 100% if that's sure. 100% sure if that's real, but that that's interesting. But Dallas Keuchel kind of seems the most realistic option to me, and I think I honestly like him better knowing the price it'll take to get him to Milwaukee. No, I agree, and that's because there's, there's still a talk, obviously, like Bumgarner and stuff, but I think even get, get Keuchel for a good three-year deal, he is a very good ground ball pitcher. He's a gold lover, so he knows he's going to hold his end of the market bargain defensively. The Brewers already an elite defensive squad to begin with. And I think getting that left-handed starter, is, is it does help because it helps change things up. You can't roll the same lineup three days in a row if you mix in that lefty-righty matchup. Say you have Keiko and then Jimmy Nelson back-to-back. Again, more on Nelson later today as well. But you look at what Keiko's done over in Houston, and I think it would translate pretty well to Miller Park with a ground ball guy. And you have a defense with Arcia and Shaw and right now Perez and, and Aguilar. That's a good defensive infield. That's going to be a sure-handed group, and they, and his profile does fit pretty well there. But on the other end, Kluber is a is a multi-time Cy Young guy, but you're right, the price is just crazy. And it sounds like the Brewers haven't even come close to what Cleveland wants, wants for him yet. And it sounds like Cleveland, I, they're kind of throwing me off as what they're actually going to do if they're going to try and contend anymore. But either way, the Brewers very much in market for a pitcher. There's also talks with uh, potentially Gio Gonzalez returning. There's still the Bumgarner stuff. But there, there's a lot of moving parts still with spring training just a couple weeks away. On the other side, the Brewers, there is one pitcher that for sure will not be back in Milwaukee next year, and that's Wade Miley. Uh, this, it came through earlier this evening that Wade Miley is on his way down to Houston. He got a one-year deal, $4.5 million, about another 500000 in bonuses and incentives. And so Wade Miley, after getting a, basically a minor league deal last year and, and making the most of it, cashed in, got a decent contract. I thought he'd get a little more f- for his services, but Miley gets another chance. He's going to go down to Houston to the American League, and we'll see what he does with the Astros. What are your thoughts, and are you upset the Brewers really didn't make too much of a play for him? I kind of wish... The Brewers did make a play because just I think it'd be a cheaper option. Once again, a lefty in the rotation. And I was just a big fan of him during the end of the season. And during the playoffs, we used him a lot. We used him when that situation, I think, I forgot which game it was, just brought him or they take him out. I don't remember. but yeah, Brought him in for one batter. Brought him in for one batter. But some of that matchup situation. But it was just... I was just a big fan of him and what he did, and just four and a half million. That seems like a price that the Brewers could have like matched or even go higher. But it seems like if that's the case, they're going to be like someone said, they're going to be going for the big fish now and go for someone like Keiko. Yeah, the the price isn't the problem, but also then you factor in the eighteen million they gave to Grandal already. That kind of shows already that the Brewers are, I think, is already the highest payroll in team history at this point. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. But, yeah, I, I'm torn on the Miley move. I would have liked to see him come back. But on the other side, if they get Keiko, Keiko's a much safer option. He's a he's a better pitcher. I don't think there's any debating that. And and there's a question whether Miley was a one-year flash for the Brewers with, with his command and whether 
teams will figure him out a little bit more with that cutter. Uh, but on the other end, he was a good player for me. He, he was a good clubhouse guy. But and, and the Brewers have so many options that I think they're going to roll. They can still roll Jimmy Nelson in the bullpen to start the year, or Junior Guerra, or Chase Anderson, or Freddie Peralta, or Woodruff, or Burns. There's so many different things the Brewers can do with this rotation now that unless they go and get Keuchel, I think they're pretty much set now on the mound, but that's still a lot to be seen left. And I guess before we move on to our next topic, Sam, if if you were a betting man, what would you bet would be the starting five for the Brewers pitching staff starting in the beginning of April, right now? I think I think it would be Burns, Chassin, Woodruff. I think Anderson. And I know I'm missing someone. Uh, Davies? No, not Davies. But, no, I honestly could see Nelson sneaking in there because just it was a terrible injury that he went through. I understand that. But I think from what he's saying, what people have said, I think he's ready. And I think he's going to work hard in spring training. He even said that he wants to start opening day or be in the rotation opening day, and I think he'll end up doing that. Yeah, fair enough. I, I'm still debating what to be seen with that. Uh, I do think Davies will make it to start. I think Peralta will start in AAA. Uh, Chassin will get the opening day not. I think there's no doubt about that, that we're going to see Yuli Chassin starting the very first game of the year. Hopefully the, the curse breaks from that. But I think it's going to be Chassin, Burns, Woodruff, Anderson and Davies to start, and when Jimmy comes back, I think Anderson's a little bit in a little bit of trouble because the team's shown that they may not be able to trust him too much with leaving him off the postseason rosters. Davies kind of jumped him with that, so I think that's a thing to keep an eye on as well. But talking about Jimmy Nelson, a report came out that, he, like you said, he thinks he's going to be ready for opening day. He did have some setbacks last year, which kind of hurt, but he sounds like he's in a good spot now, uh, at least on the field, off the field. We can talk about that in just a minute, but. Uh, with Jimmy Nelson, if he can go opening day, all the better. But I also still want to make sure that that shoulder's good, because if you can get him back 100%, even if it takes till May, that is a an all-star caliber arm that you have on that in that roster. For sure, Jimmy Nelson. You just got, I believe, was it a torn labrum, something like that. It was like a part. It was like a partially torn labrum. As there's no damage of him pitching with it, because it was like a weird tear. That went in in a in a weird angle with the way his shoulder went. Okay, but either way, just you want to take that situation slow. I understand that he missed the whole season, but still, this is very. You just have to be hesitant and just slow with this process. And like what you said, you got to make sure, even if it takes till May, just to make sure he's a hundred percent because he is key to that rotation and make sure to have him ready for a possible, maybe a possible playoff push, which I'm expecting. And hopefully he can be ready in the playoffs. Absolutely. And, and a little bit of more of a serious note, folks, if you could, uh, three sport by Jimmy Nelson right now. Uh, we, uh, he's going through very tough stuff personally, uh, with some complications with his uh, twins that his, his wife's carrying right now. Uh, they just went through a procedure to make sure everything's going to be okay. But it's it's a really, really tough thing for Jimmy. And it's a very serious uh, uh, disease that, that and procedure that she went through to try and uh, keep those those twins alive. So 
if you could, uh, go support Jimmy Nelson. Uh, pray for him. Send him uh, well wishes on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. But just keep in your thoughts, and uh, we hope for the, we hope the best for Jimmy. But this is a very very serious thing, and and, ho- and we hope that his family will come out and be in perfect health in just a few months. For sure, prayers to his family. I've, I'm pretty sure I saw that she's doing good right now, but these next this next month is going to be. You got to make sure that everything ends up all right. This is where it's going to be like just it's going to feel really long to get through this but prayers to jimmy his wife and his kids absolutely and and again this is just a game so this is much more important than baseball so all the best to jimmy nelson and we, uh, we hope everything goes very very well from all of us at Dairyland express and brewers fans everywhere uh turning our attention back to the diamond itself uh, another story that came out from the athletic and i think it happened through brewers on deck as well uh, is Ryan Braun. He is uh, making some changes to his swing, and it sounds like he's changing his angle just a little bit, not not much, but enough to partially join the launch angle revolution, and in his words, hopefully a few of those hard line drives will become home runs instead of line drive outs. So I don't know if you read that or not, Sam, but uh, what are your thoughts on Ryan Braun for the first time really in his career making some tweaks to his swing? I like it. This launch angle revolution it seems like it's working for some guys and i'm pretty sure he kind of went that direction at the end of the season it worked out pretty well for him and i saw an interview and he was talking about it was his highest line drive rate of his career and his highest hard hit rate of his career and he had like the highest average exit velocity or something like that he but his he's said but my ops was around like seven eighty eight hundred. he wants that higher wants more home runs and i'm I'm liking it. You just got to – it's not like a drastic change, but, you know, a little tweak can make a big difference. No, I agree. And, and when you look at someone who's such a pure hitter as Ryan Braun, one of the best I've ever seen, at least anyway, as far as just pure natural ability and what a swing that he has, just a subtle tweak. Hopefully his mechanics still stay the same, and hopefully he'll be able to bounce back from this, at least stat-wise from last year, because I think as far as the tape goes, he had a pretty good year, but the stats won't, didn't show it, and hopefully – whether he ends up being a launch angle thing or whether it just becomes getting a little extra loft on the baseball, we'll see how that goes for him. Uh, a couple final news stories. We'll keep it a little more lighthearted here for baseball. Another great story that came from The Athletic, and I know some people don't have subscriptions for it, so I'll kind of explain it. There was a story about Mauricio Dubon a couple days ago, and and he's on the verge of history. Uh, he's he's a, he's gonna He's going to be on the team sometime this year. He's going to be in the majors. And when he does, he'll become the first born and raised player from Honduras to play in the major leagues. Uh, Gerald Young was a former outfielder back in the day. He was born there, but he spent most of his life in the U.S. beforehand. And so Dubon will be the first born and raised Honduran major league baseball player. And that is an incredible feat for, for him. And it's an incredible feat for that country to have one of their own move up. And uh, I guess what are your thoughts on Dubon? I, I love the kid. He's just besides just his play and what he did and like his drive after having a torn ACL. Just I love that he wants to represent his country. I believe he moved when he was 15 or 16 um, to I think it was Florida, California. But I just love even so that he just wants 
he just has that drive to not only just represent the Brewers, but represent Honduras. And I'm just a big fan of what he's doing. No, I agree. And, and he seems to be on a good track for from his ACL injury last year. He's, he's swinging the bat now. He's doing drills. He sounds like he's going to be good to go in spring training. He is, I think he's on the 40-man roster, so he'll be, there's a chance he'll get called up fairly quickly as well for that. He was on the verge of it last year when the injury hit, so looks like we're going to see him sooner rather than later. And it sounds like when he does come up, he's going to be essentially an everyday guy, kind of a, kind of like a souped-up version of Aaron Perez, I think, which is going to be what he'll be for a little bit right now. But finally, here's a touch of some controversy uh, from our good old friends at Bleacher Report. And look, don't get me wrong, they do a lot of very good work. There's a lot of great articles on there. This one kind of irks me. It is ranking MLB's 25 best players under 25 entering the 2019 season. Uh, Orlando Arcia is an honorable mention, so is Corbin Burns, along with other big names like Roberto Osuna, Julio Urias, uh, David Dahl, Alberto Almora, Rafael Devers. And surprisingly, at number 21, again, folks, number 21 is Joshua Hader. And this is behind such prestigious names as Ian Happ, Jack Flaherty, Willie Adamas, Matt Olson, Alberto Mondesi, Jose Barrios, uh, and just Herman Marquez. And to see that, when I read this at work a couple days ago, I was not thrilled seeing Hater only at 21. I actually commented on the article asking, what makes you think he's 21 and not any sort of higher? Because they have Alex Bregman at number one. And I can understand how one of the most dominant relievers in baseball, if not the most dominant, is only rated below guys like Ian Happ. I was really confused, to be honest. Like he said in this article, Josh Hader is the next big thing, but it kind of seems like the reason he had him at 21 because of his drop-off at the end of the season, but still had a 2.43 ERA. But just overall, Josh Hader had a historical season, just absolutely dominant. I'm pretty sure he's top five for strikeouts in a season by a reliever. It's just he's had such an unbelievable season, and just I do not think he's going to stop there. I think he's going to stay the same or even top last season. He has a lot of potential, and it's very confusing that they have guys like Ian Happ, um, even Miguel Andujar, and uh, Willie Adames ahead of him. It's just confusing to see, and I want to hear like the reason behind it. Yeah, the one that gets me is Mondesi, because I, I saw him at the Royals in person last year against the Brewers, and Mondesi's not a, not a great major league player yet, and... Yes, Hater's numbers dropped a little bit the last few games of the year. He was also stupid good in the playoffs, though. And so, yeah, that's that is just an incredible thing to see, and it kind of shows how relievers really don't get a fair shake when it comes to rankings and stuff like that, and they view him in a thing, and that's why it was such a big shock that Mariano was a unanimous Hall of Famer, because there's always those people who are like, oh, they only pitch one inning, or they only do so much, yada, yada, yada. They don't, they're not there every day. They're not... They're not as impactful as, as a starter or a shortstop or whatever. But when you look at what Hader did, he was unbelievable. He was a strike-a-machine. Strike he didn't walk many. He limited pretty hard contact, and he did it all 
well, throwing multiple innings almost every single time, including some three innings saves. He threw three innings in Game Seven of the NLCS. He was he was a one of a kind guy that we haven't seen in a long time, and at only 24, these says the reason he's only going to get better. Yeah, because he's the the Brewers bullpen was unbelievable, but in my opinion, Josh Hader just carried that bullpen like what you said multiple innings making guys like Corey Seager guys like Daniel Murphy look absolutely silly I'm pretty sure Hader had like the number seven ranked pitch in baseball his fastball has a nasty slider and just Hader is changing is honestly changing the game for when it comes to just as someone out of the bullpen no, I agree. And so, I guess we wrap things up. Are there any other news stories that came to your mind that you want to talk about, Sam? I don't think so. It's been pretty quiet, but hopefully we'll get some news in the next week. Absolutely. And don't forget, folks, spring training just a couple weeks away. Equipment's already on its way down to Arizona to the new the new uh, facility for the Brewers there. So we're going to have drills in just a couple weeks as we turn our, our calendars from January to February and baseball is oh so much closer. So, Sam, where can people find you? What are you writing on? They can find me on Twitter at World of Wisconsin Sports. And right now, I haven't started anything yet, but I'm most likely going to be writing about something involving the starting pitcher market and what the the rotation looks like right now. Absolutely, you folks can follow me at Mike Wentlands on Twitter as well. And also follow Dairyland Express on Twitter at Dairyland Express with no E. So Dairyland X Press as well as go to DairylandExpress.com for all the latest news from Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks, and more. So until next time, for Sam Brown, this is Mike Wendland saying so long, and we'll talk to you more Brewers. We'll talk to you next week. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.